And if we do speak out, we risk rejection and ridicule. I had a best friend once, the kind you go shopping with and watch films with, the kind you go on holiday with and rescue her when her car breaks down on the A1. Shortly after my diagnosis, I told her I had DID. I haven't seen her since. The stench and rankness of a socially unacceptable mental health disorder seems to have driven her away. Spring, living with the reality of dissociative identity disorder. Hey guys, um, my name is Krista Nockreiner. I am a senior at Lodi High School in Wisconsin, and today I'm going to be talking about dissociative identity disorder. What a lot of people don't know is this disorder is a real diagnosis. A lot of people think that this diagnosis is fabricated and it's not real, but it actually is real. Today I'm going to be talking about a specific case in the 1950s that was later released as a book. Now some of you might already know what I might be talking about, but if you don't, I'm going to be talking today about Shirley Mason. Shirley Mason was a psychiatric patient who claimed to have dissociative identity disorder. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can Google it, and it can also be called multiple personality disorder. Shirley was born in 1923 in Minnesota in a small town called Dodge Center. Shirley went on to become an art teacher and even wanted to apply to medical school. However, many people did not know who Shirley Mason was. People only knew her as Sybil. Sybil was a book written by Flora Rita Schreiber. This book was a nonfiction book about a young college student exposing her multiple personalities to a psychiatrist. She claimed that she had 16 different personalities. Sybil talks to her psychiatrist about the abuse she received from her mother when she was just a girl. The psychiatrist, Dr. Connie Wilbur, believed that Sybil's mother was schizophrenic. The abuse that Sybil describes is beyond belief. And trust me, when I was looking this up, I was a little mentally disturbed myself. Sybil had suffered sexual and physical abuse from her mother, Maddie Mason. Where was her father in the picture? The father denied everything and said that Maddie Mason, Shirley's mother, was just being the best mother she could. When an adolescent encounters a series of trauma that they later attempt to repress, this can cause the brain to function in many different ways. In Sybil's case, it caused her to create these personalities as a defense mechanism. Sybil would claim to have blackouts for several days and not even remember doing actions that other people described, such as breaking glass. Now, Dr. Wilbur came across Sybil by request from a professor that Sybil was acting just a little strange in class, like having these random bursts of energy and honestly just randomly screaming at people out of nowhere. So, being in this time period, many people, or I should say men, 
believed that women were always crazy and that their sex organs drove them mad because they weren't uh, pregnant with a baby or something really weird like that. But thankfully, Dr. Wilbur knew that this just wasn't the case. Dissociative identity disorder was not socially acceptable in the 1950s. So, when Dr. Wilbur was trying to make a hypothesis and diagnosis, she only got criticism from her male peers, and they thought that she was going mad as well, and that her sex organs were crazy, and she needed a baby, and all that fun stuff. After a few sessions, Dr. Wilbur administered sodium pentothal, or what other people know as truth serum. It is a rapid-onset, short-acting barbitrate general anesthetic. In easier terms, this reduces nervous activity and induces sensitivity to pain. This chemical compound is used to help people calm down, and it'll make the person have an easier time talking about repressed memories or anything this person may not talk about freely. This serum is used for medicinal purposes, but obviously this drug has different regulations in the 21st century than it did in the 1950s. Dr. Wilbur continued to treat Shirley for several years. However, Sodium pentothal has side effects for creating false memories and being addictive. Dr. Wilbur was also fully aware of this. Soon, Shirley became so addicted that she threw tantrums if Dr. Wilbur did not give her the sodium pentothal. One day, several years into the treatment, Shirley wrote Dr. Wilbur a four-page letter containing evidence that changed everything. Confession. Shirley had confessed that she fabricated all of the personalities because she simply wanted to keep Dr. Wilbur. But Dr. Wilbur could not let all her years' work and studying go to waste. She literally spent, I would say, a third of her life Shirley, trying to figure out what was wrong with her because Dr. Wilbur did care. So she continued to spoil Shirley, even paying for her schooling and wanting her to go to medical school and just help paying for her apartment bills. And she even got her a cat. I'm a little jealous. I wish I could just get a cat. All up until Shirley Mason died of cancer in 1998 in Kentucky. Even though I ended this case saying it was fabricated, because that's what all the documents say. I really want you to have the takeaway that people need to talk. People need to have a comfort, and Dr. Wilbur was like a mother figure to Shirley, and that is why Shirley opened up to Dr. Wilbur, even if it wasn't all true. She later confessed that it was all fabricated, and she didn't want to lose Dr. Wilbur. People need a comfort system, a support system to talk. So what I really want you to take away is if you have a friend that just needs to talk and they don't want to talk to you, give them a psychiatrist, tell them to journal, tell them to paint, tell them to do anything to just let them express themselves. Because if you repress your memories, it can cause detrimental effects on anybody.
My sources were the New York Times, NPR.org, and Mayo Clinic.